I think there's hardly a richer song to express why we're here than the one that we just sang. Powerful, powerful words. The mission of our church is to lead people to know Jesus Christ and to follow him passionately. And that's why we're here. We're here to have our lives shaped. Now, I got to tell you, I, I have a couple of problems with the Bible and with Jesus' teaching. One is sometimes it's hard to understand. You find that? Um, so I prepare meals for you all week, and then I come and deliver a spiritual meal to you. But I tend to tell you, in, in, in the process of studying and understanding God's word, sometimes I go, like, Lord, I, give me, you need to enlighten me on this. And, and uh, the, the other thing is, so much of what Jesus has for us, because he told us when he was going away, he said, you know, go make disciples of all nations and baptize them and teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And um, one of the things that I find tough about Holy Scripture is that sometimes what Jesus asked us to do is kind of tough, right? It, it, it's, it's not easy. And we've been going through the Sermon on the Mount. So here's Jesus preaching to us. And, and uh, you know, he's saying, blessed are the poor in spirit. Yeah, I don't know that I want to be that. But this is what I'm calling you to in, in this kind of kingdom uh, mentality. Uh, he said, I want you to be meek. I want you to be righteous, pure of heart. Those of you who are persecuted, I, I want you to, to receive that and rejoice even when you're persecuted and, and to pray for your persecutors. And, and, uh, and he said, I want you to love, but not just your family and not just other believers. I want you to love your enemies. I don't know about you, but sometimes I read through the, the Bible and I'm going, like some of this stuff is really tough to do. And, uh, and, and how's, how about this one in, in, in this sermon that Jesus preached? Be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Ouch. That, that's a standard I can't keep. And, and if you're listening week by week to what God is saying in terms of Jesus is saying in his sermon, you're going like, I can't do this. And I think if you came to that conclusion, um, that's exactly where Jesus wants you to come to, that I can't do this. No, you can't do it in your own strength and in your own power. But he can give us the grace and the power and the enablement uh, to do that. So we come to the text of today as we go through Jesus' sermon. And uh, I'm just going to read from Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 to 6. And uh, here, as we continue Jesus' sermon, here's the next uh, section. Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce will be judged, and and with the measure you use, it'll be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that's in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that's in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there's a log in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you'll be able to see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. 
Don't give dogs what is holy, and don't throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. Got it? Do we need any comment, or are you good to go with that? Some of you people are saying we're good to go. (laughs) Not going to happen, okay? (laughs) I find this, um, frankly, I find it a a, a bit of a confusing command. A, a, A confusing command. Listen to it. Judge not... And, and uh, so that you will not be judged. And, and if you hear judge not, I hear a whole, uh, I hear a whole uh, group of people in our society who are saying, yeah, get that, you Christians. Stop judging other people, right? In, in fact, it's interesting Uh, You know, don't judge me. Don't judge my behavior. Don't judge my values. Don't judge my lifestyle. Keep your nose out of my business and you don't have to make a comment about it. It's interesting to me that in the United States, um, and and I would probably argue here we're we're not far off from them, that 16 to 29-year-olds, that that generation, 16 to 29-year-olds, see the church as judgmental. And they're recoiled by the church. They push back. They don't want anything to do with the church because those Christians are just, they just judge you. Um, So when we read this, um, you know, we understand everybody, you know, everybody's entitled to their own opinion and choices and and you shouldn't judge them. And and if, if I read this, I'm saying, don't judge. And then in essence, it says, in order that you will not be judged. So, I guess, does that mean that we can't make a comment? Or if we are the kind of people that don't judge other people, will not be judged, including by God, does that mean that if I just don't judge other people and, you know, do what you want and and be who you want to be and live the life you want to be and I'm not judging you, does that mean that that God doesn't judge them either and however they live, as long as they're not judging other, that that, uh, that's, uh, they're, they're just fine? Or does it mean if, if we don't judge others, then we're not in trouble and we're just fine. Is that kind of like the most important truth that we need to know and live by? Well, our acceptance with God, does it mean God will accept us if we just don't judge other people? Does that, is, that our, is that our connection? Is that our ticket to heaven if you want? Uh, and so sometimes we read some of what Jesus teaches and we've got to look a little deeper into it to understand what his meaning was. Um, if you don't judge others, it doesn't necessarily mean that you don't get a free pass, does it? Well, what's uh, kind of confusing, don't judge or you too will be judged, is this. In the scripture, there's a call to judge. So he says, don't judge. And then we start and read through the scripture and it says, judge. And and so I just want to show you some of the ways that God tells us in scriptures to judge. Uh, One thing is the government. He's given us the government. Um, And in fact, in Romans chapter uh, 13, the first two verses, it says, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted and those 
who do so will, be, will bring to judgment on themselves, will bring judgment on themselves. So he's saying, in essence, God says, listen, government was my idea. I instituted government, uh, and it comes under, uh, under my uh, control. And I say this, you better obey the government because if you don't, they'll judge you, and I give them the right to judge. So th- there's at least uh, some sense that there's, uh, there's, the government is supposed to judge. Well, how about also the church? Here's, uh, here's the uh, Apostle Paul is speaking to the Galatians, and he says this. Uh, they, they had some, some really errant theology that had crept in there, and Paul was fit to be tied when he heard what they were teaching. And he said, but if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse as we have already said, and so now say again, if anybody preaching you a gospel other than what we accepted, let them be under God's curse. Is he getting a little judgmental? He's judging. He's saying, you can't, you can't have this belief, and, be, and, and, and he, he, he takes it right to them. Listen, in, in 1 Corinthians 5, there's an issue and a problem. It's actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and of a kind that even pagans do not tolerate. A man is sleeping with his father's wife, and you are proud. Shouldn't you rather have gone into mourning and have put out of your fellowship the man who's been doing this? For my part, even though I'm not physically present, I'm with you in spirit. As one who is present with you in this way, I've already passed judgment in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ on the one who's been doing this thing. Hey, the church is supposed to judge things that are wrong. Um, How about this one? The Corinthian church had a lot of problems. This was one of them. In the next chapter, in chapter 6, they had a problem. They were taking each other to, to court. And, and here's what the Apostle Paul says. If any of you has a dispute with another, do you dare take it before the ungodly for judgment instead of before the Lord's people? Or do you not know that the Lord's people will judge the world? And if you are to judge the world, are you not competent to judge trivial cases? Do you not know that we will judge angels? And how much more things of this life? Therefore, if you have disputes about such matters... You, uh, do you ask for a ruling and go to those uh, whose way of life is scorned in the church? He said, what are you going to the courts for? Don't you know that you as Christian, do you, do you get this? You will judge angels. You're called to judge. So obviously, Jesus wasn't meaning that the church isn't supposed to judge things that are wrong within the church. We're to make, uh, we are to do that, in fact. And... Uh, and so, well, what about, what about Christians then? Are Christians supposed to uh, judge in some sense? Well, First uh, John uh, 4 verse 1 says, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. He said, you need, to, you need to understand what's truth and what's not truth. You need to judge something like that. You need to test the spirits to make sure that this isn't something wrong that has been propagated uh, with you. Uh, and, and so don't just be uncritical. In 2 Corinthians uh, 13, here's, the, here's what the Apostle Paul says. Examine yourselves to see whether you're in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you unless, of course, you fail the test? 
We're to judge ourselves in a certain sense, uh, to, to, to examine ourselves, to see if we're in the faith. Do you know if you're in the faith? Do you have confidence in that? Do you, do you have security in that? If you don't, um, we should talk about that because God wants you to have that. But he says, there's a, there's a sense in which you even look and examine your own life. So whatever this means, it doesn't mean that all judgment is forbidden. Um, and besides, in verse eight, in verse six, he says, "Don't give the dogs what is holy, and don't throw to your throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them." He, he at least is even in this passage is saying somehow there needs to be some discernment, and you need to discern uh, dogs and pigs from other things. Uh, so so here we are in the midst of this, um, and and uh, called to make a distinction in some way uh, between right and wrong, to estimate, to appraise, and, uh, and, and to have some sense of judgment. Uh, so what we want to do is, what is Jesus talking about when he says don't judge? Well, uh, it's a call to risk, resist being judgmental. There can be a difference between judging and being judgmental. And here he has a call uh, to us uh, not to, uh, to resist being judgmental. So I want to say that to be judgmental, uh, there is a, a wrong spirit that can be a part of that. It's a spirit that's critical. It's a person who has an air of superiority about themselves. It's somebody who has to be right and needs to ensure that you're wrong and they're right. It's a person who's arrogant, who's self-righteous, who's concerned with their status. It's a a person who who puts people down, who is condemnatory and proud. It's a person who shames other people and makes them feel bad, who tears them down, who, who imbues in them a sense of hopelessness and beats them down. It's a spirit that Jesus soundly condemned in the religious leaders of his day. In fact, Jesus said, unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, now that statement is mind-boggling because Jesus is saying, I'm going to the most uh, religious people, the most religiously observant people in the whole nation. And he says, what I'm saying about them, if you're not better than they are, if you're not more righteous than they are, then here's the deal for you. You will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoa. I, I mean, think, you know, that would be like saying, well, the pastors and the staff and the elders of this church aren't going to make it to heaven. So unless you're doing more than they are, you're no good. I mean, th- that would be shocking, Right. Uh, And that's what Jesus said. So he's talking about this wrong spirit that they had. It was a spirit of tearing people down and making them look bad and and, and condemning them. In fact, Jesus tells uh, a parable in uh, Luke chapter 18 about two people who went to prayer. Uh, One was a a Pharisee. He was a good guy. He was a religious guy. He was was a guy that was very concerned about living his life to honor God. And he goes to the temple. And there was another guy, and he was a tax collector. Bad guy. 
a guy who's working with the, the, the Roman government who's getting rich on the backs of his own people. Bad person, good person, both going to pray. And, and uh, the, the, the Pharisee, the religious guy says, Oh, Lord, I thank you that I'm not like other sinners, like, ooh, 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 over here. And, uh, and uh, he, he, he was so full of self. He was really praying to himself. He wasn't even really praying to God. And the other guy, stand, he, he can't even stand up close. He's, he's standing far off. He, he, can't, uh, he, he can't even gain his composure. And he's beating his chest. And he says, oh, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I don't deserve anything. I, I, I have no rights before you. Be merciful to me, a sinner. And Jesus said, you know, it was that guy that I accepted and not the righteous person. And so here he is, accepted by God and condemning other people, rejecting them, daring to speak for God about them. And Jesus calls that a judgmental spirit. Uh, behind it is self-adulation. It's, it's put-downs. It's, it's feeling good about yourself by, um, and, and feeling sup- secure, uh, superior because you're putting other people down. It, it's hurtful to others. It's destructful. It's just critical. And uh, I, I, know, I know a person who's a, a journalist, and, and this person uh, you know, had said, I get great joy out of even proofreading things and showing people where they're wrong. I just, I, I really enjoy that. I like that. I'm thinking, you need to get a life. You know, that, that your whole thing, your enjoyment is pointing other, peop- other people's faults and mistakes out to them. And Jesus looks at, at, at this and he says, you can't be judgmental. There is this terrible negative spirit that is is in you but he also there's there's a right spirit there's a right way to think about this and 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 it's based on love everything we've been called in the new testament toward is love from the old testament to the new testament what what does god want from us to love him with the totality of our being and what else does he want to love our neighbor as ourself and and we saw how jesus pushed that even to enemies not just neighbors but enemies and so there's this right spirit and and it's based on love for others it's based on a deep sense of humility and it's a desire to want to encourage and help and build up other people that's why the apostle paul would say in uh, romans 15 each of us should please our neighbor for their good to build them up (laughs) before the service we were um, in a time of prayer and, and, and we prayed Lord, we don't know who's coming today, who's going to be here, you, who you have ordained to be in this service. We don't know what they're coming with. We don't know what kind of challenges and problems and, and things that are dragging them down. But one of the reasons we come to church is to fellowship with one another. One of the reasons we come is to build each other up. And, and, and what, what God wants of us is when we gather is to say is that we would have the sensitivity of the Holy Spirit that we talk to somebody he says you, you sound down is everything okay and, and to encourage each other and to help each other that's the kind of spirit that Jesus is talking about uh, th- this, this spirit that is concerned 
for, for others in that way. And, and the Apostle Paul would say in, in 1 Thessalonians 5, uh, 11, encourage one another, build each other up just as you're doing. And wouldn't it be great if, um, if, if uh, Jesus would say of this, you know, guys, you're doing a great job building each other up. Keep up, keep at it, keep doing it. And, and so here we are. We're not coming to tear down. We're, not, we're concerned with the betterment of others. And, and I trust, and it's, it's so wonderful when I, when, you know, after a service or before a service, I see a little clutch of people here or there, and sometimes people praying for one another. And that's what being the church is supposed to be, that, that we help and encourage and, and build each other up. And, and what, what does love look like? Well, I think the Apostle Paul in, in 1 Corinthians 13 gave us a beautiful picture of it. This is what not being judgmental is like. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It doesn't boast. It's not proud. It doesn't dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. Love doesn't delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It's always, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. That's the kind of spirit, not a judgmental spirit. I'm looking to pick every little flaw in you uh, apart. That's not what Jesus wants. In fact, we see a beautiful picture of that in John chapter 8. And here, uh, brought to Jesus, is a woman who's caught in adultery. I want to know a question. I have a question. Where's the guy? If she was caught in the act of adultery, where's the guy? And and so uh, the, the religious leaders bring her to Jesus. And they say, uh, they say to him, uh, hey, we've got a case here. The law says she should die. The law says, so Jesus, um, let's hear what you think. What do you have to say about this? And Jesus bent down and he started writing in the ground. He got up and uh, went down. He wrote some more. And then he said to them uh, this, um, the, the person who is perfect, the person who hasn't sinned, you are going to throw the first stone. And one by one, they started to leave. Interestingly enough, from the oldest to the youngest. Um, maybe, maybe, there was some, uh, maybe there was some wisdom in, in the aged. I'm not sure. But they all left. And here is Jesus left with this woman. And he said, uh, where are your accusers? He, she says, they're, they're all gone. And uh, he says, look it. Go your way and stop sinning. He, did, he didn't say, you know, I'm, I'm giving you a pass. It's, it's not wrong. What he did was he poured out mercy and grace upon her. Uh, what he did was he, he, rec- he redeemed her. What he did was he forgave her. Uh, he didn't deny the sin. He didn't soft-pedal uh, it. Um, he, he just said, I don't, con- I don't condemn you either. I don't condemn you. Now go and live the kind of life you know that God wants to. Hey, are you living under condemnation? Are you condemned because of things that you have done? Do you feel that way? I, I want you to know that Jesus' plan is... is not for that. Jesus wants to restore you. In, in John 3, 17, we, we know John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. But do you go on to John, 
excuse me, John 3.17. It says, God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Do you know we have a God who wants to redeem, he wants to save, he wants to restore. And, and in that passage, we, we, we see that so beautifully lived out in Jesus' life. So this is the kind of thing that he's talking about. He's talking about being judgmental and critical and mean-spirited and, and the, the kind of person who has really a nefarious kind of agenda to destroy, to demoralize, to condemn. And uh, Jesus speaks to that in, as judgmental. Now, I want to say this. Um, why, why do we resist why should we resist being uh, judgmental? And Jesus is going to give us a few reasons here. Um, first things, being judgmental to others invites God's judgment on you. Did you get that? When you, when you judge others, what you invite is God judging you. Um, Matthew uh, 7 and verse 1 says this, uh, Don't judge or you too will be judged. And so if, if you want to incur the judgment of God upon yourself, then you be mean-spirited, call others out, be judgmental with others, and, and God will treat you as you treat others. So if you're judgmental, look out. You're putting yourself in a very precarious place with God. You're, you're, you're tempting to be God yourself. Now, James 3, 1 and said this, Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. Um, the position that God has given me, I hold as a stewardship, uh, can I say fearfully, reverently, respectfully, I dare to stand before you and open the word of God and to the best of my ability to try and represent God and his word and his intention to you. And James is saying to these people, they wanted to be hot shots. They wanted to tell others what to do. They wanted to be the leaders, the teachers. And he's saying, you know, don't do that because you know that we who teach, we who have that kind of leadership uh, a responsibility, having an accountability to God. It is an awesome responsibility to represent God, to dare to speak his word, because we're prone to wrong motives, and, and th- there can be a cavalier attitude, and, and there can be self-centeredness in all of this, and there's an accountability that comes with daring to speak for God into somebody else's life. And, uh, and sometimes... We don't speak well for God, and, and uh, as the, as the uh, religious leaders found out, they were speaking for God, and Jesus said, you're not speaking for God in this. You are so far out of the park on this thing that, that you're, not even in, you're not even in the game. Uh, don't take it lightly. God will judge you for having a, ju- being, having a judgmental attitude. Secondly, God will judge you by the standard that you judge others. You get that? The the way you judge others, you invite God to judge you in the same way. I think I've mentioned before that sometimes when I'm driving, I see somebody who does something that the law disapproves of, 
and that I disapprove of. And I, I just think to myself, when, when a guy has cut me off or he's gone through and he, he just kind of got the yellow but a little bit of red, and I go, that guy. When I do it, no, no, let me, let me rephrase that. If I do that, if I do that, I'm going, well, I, yeah, I had to go now. I, you know, it's, I, I, can, I can explain it away, but if I see somebody else doing it, I'm going, I wish a cop were here right now, and they threw the book at that guy. And, and, and that's how it, it, it can, can look. And, and God says, Jesus says, how you, how you judge others, it's going to be how God measures it from you. Now, here's, here's one of the things that I found, that there's this, there's this kind of reciprocal thing with God and us. Um, for instance, um, when Jesus gave, uh, in a chapter before, he, he gave the, uh, uh, in the Sermon on the Mount the Lord's Prayer. And when he finished the Lord's Prayer, he added a little something to it. Do you remember? you remember what he said? Um, he said, if you forgive others their sins, I'll forgive you your sins. But if you don't forgive others their sins, I won't forgive you. There's this reciprocal thing. How you want to treat other people. Now, I've been gracious to you. I've made, I've made forgiveness uh, available to you. And, and so... Um, I've shown you grace and mercy. I've forgiven you. Now you forgive others. But if you say, I'm not going to forgive that person, then there's going to be a reciprocal kind of relationship there, and I won't forgive you. In, uh, in Matthew uh, 18, there's, uh, there's a, an account that Jesus gives of uh, two guys who, who owed money to the king. One guy owed millions of dollars the other guy owed a few hundred dollars the guy who owed millions of dollars went to the king and he said um please forgive me i'll pay it back all of it it was that was an impossibility but this is what he claimed please forgive me uh, because he was going to throw him in jail uh I, i'll pay every bit off and um and the the king granted him that he excused him then he found another fellow servant that owed him a few hundred dollars. And he said, pay up now. And the guy said, well, I can't right now, but I'll do it. If you just give me some time, I will pay. I'll pay. It's okay. I'll pay the whole thing off. And the guy said, no way, and had him thrown into prison. Well, the word got back to the king that the guy who'd been uh, excused of this millions of dollars for a few hundred lousy dollars had had this guy cast in prison. And he was so angry that he took everything away and put him in prison. There's this reciprocal thing. You want from God. You're unwilling to give to others. And Jesus said, look, at, here's how it goes. You don't, you don't uh, I, I grant you forgiveness. You don't grant forgiveness then that's how it's going to, you'll be paid back in that way. Give, in, in Luke 6, give, and it'll be given to you. The same measure you use when you give is the measure I'll use in responding to you. Uh, there's mercy. There's mercy. Uh, 
He, let, me, let me go back. He says, in the same way you judge others, you'll be judged. And with the same measure you used, it will be used to you. Because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who's not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. That's what James said. When you're merciful to others because I've been merciful to you, you'll receive mercy. If not, uh, you won't be shown mercy. And so he goes through, and there, there are all kinds of examples of this. That you want God to treat you a certain way, but you won't treat others. And, and what, what Jesus said is, God will treat you the way you treat others. And uh, so there's, a, there's a, a call to us to remember that God will judge us by the same standard we judge others. You know, one, one of the other ones of those in, in Matthew chapter 10, uh, Jesus said, I confess you before my Father in heaven. But there's some people, Jesus confessed them before his Father in heaven, but they don't confess him before people. He says, you don't confess me before people. I won't confess you before my heavenly Father. There's a reciprocal agreement and arrangement with God. So in other words, stop being judgmental. Um, the next reason why you, we need to do it, because if we, don't, if we have a judgmental spirit, we'll be unable to help others. And what we just talked about for a few minutes ago was God wants us uh, to be able to help others and, and to help them. That's what love is all about. Um, and, and so he has this distorted perspective. Um, so he says here, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye and then you'll see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So let's say um, I have, uh, uh, you know, uh, I'm a pretty good guy. But I am, like the religious leaders, I have a plank in my eye. And um, Claude, you, you're like, you're not a very good guy. I mean, you know, I mean, comparatively to me, right? And um, you, you've got some problems. And um, see that? Mm-hmm. Be, hold your hand out, will you, please? Uh, so you, you've got this, this speck. You, you, you can't even hardly see it. Do you want to put it in your eye? You don't want so, but being the really spiritual guy, I want to help Claude get it out of his eye. And so I'm going to... Boy, you, you got really thick eyebrows there, man. Oh, you got glasses on. Yeah, you won't need that. I... I I know your eyes are somewhere. You see, it's, it's ludicrous, right? You just get rid of the plank in your own eye, then I can help you. You're re- actually a really good guy. <laughs> I, I, put, I put this out here. Somebody saw it before the service, and they took it. Who's got left a piece of wood here? They took it away on me. That's why I'm frantically, where's my piece of wood? Um... But, but, but here we are, you know, if I want to help him, I can't help him. 
I've got to have the plank removed in my own eye. And, 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 and what God wants for us is, is he wants us to be able to have that. He, here's what it says. Uh, how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your own eye, when all the time uh, you've got a plank in your own eye? And so uh, in Romans 2, 1, it says, you therefore have no excuse when you pass judgment on someone else for at what point you judge another, you're condemning yourself because you who pass judgment do the same things. You know, here's, the one, here's one of the things I found. If you hear a person really vociferous about uh, their, um, their hang-up with some kind of sin. Uh, you know, you get them talking about uh, uh, com- condemnation, and uh, they're down on these people who, who are malicious talkers and backbiters and gossips. They just hate those people. And yet, you catch them doing the same thing. And sometimes what I find is the thing that... that bugs you most uh maybe the thing that you're dealing with most so somebody is really against sexual immorality and they're preaching against it all the time but what you don't know is they have a secret addiction to pornography and and so here it is you know um you've got to you've got to get the log out of your own eye to help somebody who's a speck in their eye and and, in uh uh, galatians 6 1 It says this, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person. How? Gently. But watch yourself, or you also may be tempted. You see, here's a person who's who's trapped. They're caught in a sin. There's something they're in bondage to, and they need help. Um, And they need somebody, what? A spiritual person. Somebody who's... Who, who lives by the Spirit, who has the sensitivity, who has the maturity, who has the understanding of Scripture, and, and they can help. And the goal is not condemnation. It's, it's, not, it's restoration. They're not, they're not getting in, involved in somebody's life to put them down or to hurt them, but to release them from freedom. And, and, and they need to have that, that Spirit, uh, that they do it gently and humbly, and, and they reject the kind of uh, self uh, uh, self-concern in this. They just want to reach out and help somebody. You know, you, you could be used to help somebody and, and you find that some of those people are so not self-aware. They don't even see it for themselves. They don't understand how bad they are and, and it takes the Spirit of God to open that up. And, and so there's another reason to reject judgmentalism and then also it's hypocritical. It's hypocritical, uh, um, self, uh, self-centered, critical, destructive, uh, far from uh, perfect. Uh, Jesus calls them out for hypocrisy. And he went after the, the uh, religious leaders time and time again. All they wanted to do was, was to uh, look good in, in the eyes of others. And all of this was show without substance. And uh, what they would criticize, um, they were absolutely hypocritical. And the world looks with a wary eye at the church and looking for integrity. And uh, if we say one thing, but we live another, if we present ourselves in one way, but that's not the reality of who we are, 
Uh, we do Jesus Christ no service. And young people are watching and evaluating. And young people, you, you know that also you can be hypocritical yourself. But, but we need to have a church where Jesus isn't saying hypocrite, play actor. You just, you're not what you purport to be by your life. Ditch the hypocrisy. Stop the play acting. Stop judging others. And, and reach out with love and care and concern. But does that, does that mean that we can't critically evaluate things? Does God ta- ta- want us to turn off our critical faculties? Absolutely not. You remember the Berean church? Paul said about the Berean church that they were more noble than any other because they searched the scriptures daily to see if this was true. We're called to think and, and, and reason, and, and we need to have discernment. And so, uh, in the end, it says, there is a time for discernment, and here's what he says. Don't give dogs what is sacred, and don't throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under feet and turn and tear you to pieces. What is he talking about here? I mean, this sounds judgmental, isn't it? To call people uh, dogs and pigs. Well, let me, let me say first that these dogs weren't like the pet that you have that sleeps on the end of your bed. These were pack dogs that rove, roamed around the town. and They could be territorial, and if you looked at them the wrong way, they, they could be snarly, and they would bite you. And, and pigs, well, that was a, a, an animal that was unclean for, for Jews. It wasn't kosher. Uh, but if you, if you had like wild boars out there with those tusks, um, they have no appreciation uh, for the things that are sacred. And, and so he says uh, this, you know, when he talks about what's sacred and pearls, we're reminded of Jesus' talk about his mission And he said this, um, he said, there's a pearl of great price, and that pearl of great price, you would sell everything you had to get it. That's the kingdom, that's Christ, that's Jesus. We would sell, we would liquidate anything and everything we had to get that one thing. It was so precious, it was a treasure. And, and, And I think that's what he's talking about here. And we can be dealing with people like that, uh, people who uh, are, are, have heard Jesus' message and, and it's something holy and it's something sacred. It is a trust that we have that we share with others. And, and, and here, here's uh, people that are, are with, with some discernment, are those who have rejected Jesus' method, uh, message uh, as, as holy and as sacred and as precious uh, and, and they identify people who re- reject and blaspheme and scorn and treat with contempt. And Jesus said, uh, there's, there's a time when you need to evaluate. And you need to know that there's something that, that, that these people, the way they're treating uh, is something that you need, to, need, need not cast pearls before the pigs and, and sacred things before dogs. Uh, they don't, they don't interested. They don't care about that stuff. And that's a, a bit of a hard thing. Uh, Jesus would talk about going and shaking the dust off your feet. He'd say, go on and, and bring them the message. And when they reject you and they scorn the message and all the rest, he said, shake the, shake the dust off and leave. And so there's a place and a time for discernment that we have. 
And Jesus would uh, said, there's a time when you take people who, who just scorn the holy things that we hold out uh, lovingly to them, then let it go. Move, move on. Well, we need to use discretion. We need to use good judgment. Uh, we need to ascertain right from wrong, good from bad, helpful from destructive. And we need to live without judging people, dragging uh, them down, discouraging them, condemning them, shaming them, dis- demoralizing them, but lifting them up lovingly. And, and what God wants for our church is he wants us to be a people who are not judgmental, but who care and reach out in love and concern. Can we do that? Can we stop? Can we, you know, stop? If, if we're prone to judge, stop that and rather seek to help and edify and build people up. May our reputation be that in our community. Father, we thank you so much uh, for the truth of Holy Scripture. And, and Father, we, we come to you, and, and this is convicting because, Lord, I know I see some stuff in my life that, that would not be pleasing to you in that way, where I may have a tendency in certain cases to be judgmental. And Father, I pray that you'd help me to be aware of your incredible grace and kindness to me and, and where I'm confronted with those situations that, Father, I would, I would not be judgmental, but I would be caring and loving and reaching out. And so I pray that that would be the reputation of Unionville Alliance Church in our community to the glory of Jesus Christ. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen.